We are back. Yeah. 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 See, I was waiting for it. To, you know, LA Knight would be proud of this. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> This is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. You are the Fit Ugly. Are you still staying fit? I'm still fairly fit. <laughs> fairly fit ugly. Okay. I, I heard of Fit Finley, but never fairly fit yeah. ugly. That's <laughs> Um, <clears throat> this is episode 122, my friend, my partner, my brother, uh, on our way to 200, uh, you know, we do one a month, we'll get there in, you know, 14 <laughs> years, or so. we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there, you know, um, but we'll be here and we'll be here with, uh, a lot of good, we, we have so much to talk about. I've been texting you for a couple weeks since the last one we did this, just note after note after note, um. So we're going to get right into this, and right now we're going to uh, – well, let me just say this. In segment three of this podcast, Justin Donahue and Rodney Deal, they're going to be joining us. They are friends of Matt Silks, uh, who has been on this podcast in, in previous months here. Um, great people, great new people, trying to get them uh, up and going in the business, see who they are, what they're all about, and, of course, pushing that independent wrestling, which is going crazy right now. Um, but let's welcome the first – Long-time friend that we have on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast right now. Um, he has gone through some transitions, some name changes, but he's, he's the same old guy to us. He's a great guy. That's what I mean. You know, for seven, several, several years. JT Wrestling, welcome back. Good to be back. Hey, man, how do you feel about the underdog Texas Rangers who beat the Orioles versus the underdog Arizona Diamondbacks uh, in the World Series? Better than Houston or Philly or somebody somebody different? What do you feel about that? Um, I'm really indifferent about it because I'm, I'm extremely home team. So once the Orioles were done, I was sort of done with baseball. So Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we are one of the best teams in the NFL as far as the Baltimore Ravens right now, first place in the uh, AFC North, five and two. So you're gonna, you're still gonna be a fan of them, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'm still a fan of the Orioles. I'm just saying, I'm not paying attention to baseball at the moment. Fair enough. Other than, we got other, I mean, I hear little reports on morning radio, but that's it. You know? I don't morning pay radio. much attention. To, yeah, I like morning radio. And, and fit ugly. Uh, how about them Cowboys? Uh, you know, listen, we're we're struggling, but we're, we're still we're skating by. But, uh, you know, we've definitely lost a step since like those first couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, we're doing all right. We're maintaining. Good. Good, good. And, you know, our boy CM Funk, his uh, Miami Dolphins are doing very well as well right now. Hopefully we'll get to hear his illustrious voice later. Um, but, you know, hey. Episode 122. It's October 2023. It's the Halloween season. Uh, once again, uh, seven and a half years we've been doing this. Uh, let me get this out of the way because this this always seems to bring down the podcast, but I want this to be a celebration because for some reason, the longer we do this, the more names I have on this list. And this is just making me feel like we're getting older. But you know what? Living our best life is what we're going to do. Burt Young, Pauly in Rocky. And uh, also so many other great things. 83 years old, passed away. He yep. lived his best life. Um, he certainly did. Pauly. Uh, huh? Pauly, that's right. Yo, yo, Pauly. You know, a shout out to the Yo Rocky Philly film tour as well. Mike Kunda, we've had him on the podcast before. Shout out to him. Uh, Michael Gamden, I think I'm saying that right. Dumbledore, Sir Michael Gamden. Yeah, yeah, Dumbledore, yeah. Um, 82. 
up there, everybody's in the eighties. It's all about the eighties. You know, he, uh, he lived a good long life and especially in the last 20, 20 some odd years, he's had a whole lot to bank on. So, um, you know, shout out to him as well. And then what I just found out, like within the last day or so, Richard Roundtree Richard in the Roundtree, 80s yeah. as well. Mr. Yeah. Uh, he was yeah. a bad mother. That's your mouth. Hey, I'm just talking about Shaft. <laughs> I'm just talking about Richard Roundtree. I know you would pick up on that one. Uh, fit ugly. But but damn, you know, it's it, but you know what? The All these people getting in the upper 80s, doing their thing, living their best life. Fit ugly. I know you heard about some of these, you know. Uh, we'll just get this out of the way now. What do you think about any and all of this? Yeah, man, it's just it's sad when, you know, people that you grew up essentially watching, you know, uh, Burt Young and the Rocky, uh, you know, um, I, I was just uh, talking about the Rocky movies. I just went to see Rocky at the Merriweather. Uh, oh, you saw that in concert? Yeah, with the concert. Yep. Oh, how was that? Um, oh, it was great. You know, the band do the do the music while the movie plays. That was great. Um <sighs> So yeah, it's just said, you know, Richard Roundtree, of course, and uh, and uh, Dumbledore. Um, you know, the Harry Potter movies have lost the, you know, they've lost a few people from that cast. Uh, yeah. Alan Rickman, uh the guy that played Hagrid, uh, passed yeah, the away. Big, yeah, the big boy, yeah, yeah the big guy, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's all listen. It's always unfortunate, as you said. Of course, it's just uh, it's always a sign of the times, as you know, you you just don't realize how much time has gone by. You know, uh, yeah, it sucks. Shout shout out to all of them and Jason Justin Tucker. I know we got a shout out to you know all those all those folks, but we've got uh, definitely a lot of people in the living. Uh, one of them that uh, is still in the living. I just got to throw this tangent out there from AEW last night uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where they got a lot of cheap heat because the Phillies are out of the playoffs. So there's a lot of cheap heat there. But anyway, sixty um, some odd year old Sting in the ring with 60-some-odd-year-old Tony Schiavone, and they introduced 76-year-old-some-odd <laughs> nature boy, woo, yeah. Rick Flair, who finally got out of his Legends contract, made the jump. Um, uh, I'm going to start with you, Jason, Justin Tucker. I mean, this is uh, – this is hundreds of years of experience in this <laughs> ring. Um, how, how do you feel about this? Where do you see this going, if anywhere? Um, I didn't see the actual interview. Um, That's okay. Just know. think about those names I said. No, no. I, yeah, I, go ahead. I get it. I, I saw a couple pictures on the yeah. on the internet, but um, you know, I mean, I think I think Flair's probably going to uh, hopefully be someone's mouthpiece, maybe. <laughs> um, and um, I'm happy for him. I mean, as long as he's doing good and working and he doesn't need to work, but you know, right. But yeah, still, as long as, as long as he's pretty much happy, huh? I don't, as far as, as long as he's just like talks and doesn't try and wrestle. <laughs> I like that. And you're right. It's all about being happy. If the WWE wasn't going to let him do anything like this anymore, um, you know, because of the direction they're going, I get it, you know, but it really seems like the AEW has filled their over filled their roster. I, I can't wait for CM Funk to get on this call because uh, he's he's going to have a, an opinion about this. But I, yeah, I don't want I don't want Flair to wrestle. He had his last match last year, which was ten years too late. Uh, he shouldn't have done it. it, it, it oh, he uh, shouldn't. Same, 
No, 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 no. It's the same thing with Shawn Michaels. He was done and he got kind of forced out of retirement because the Saudi Arabia people wanted to see him and Triple H take on Undertaker and Kane. It was one of the worst matches ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was injuries all around. So we don't need that. Sting has announced his retirement. It's going to be in spring of next year. Um, him with Flair in his corner. I don't know how far they can go. Ricky Steamboat's already on the AEW roster as a as a side piece. Uh, they can they could whittle out anybody who's still alive that was in the Lex Luger if they wheel his ass down there. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he belongs in the WWE Hall of Fame, but I'm telling you, the AEW has no filter. Um, they will. They will pull this punch. Fit ugly. Before we let, let's just cap this off. What do you think about all this? Yeah, no, I mean, I just feel like, listen, uh, is Sting having a match? I was watching it last night, but I, I kind of got distracted. Is, is he doing a, a retirement match or is he just retired? Yeah, he's going to do a retirement match okay. in the spring of next year. We don't know exactly who that's going to be or what gotcha. situation that's going to be. Gotcha. But Sting has been consistently wrestling, and I want to say at least once or twice a month, in high-profile and high-physicality matches. Yeah. Um, and he's going to do another one within a week or two because that's what they were pushing last night. Yeah. Uh, and, and, mean, and eventually Adam Copeland's going to be involved in this whole thing too, but that's a whole other story. But go ahead. Yeah, man. There, I, I just – listen, man. When I, I'm I, – the sentimental nostalgic part is like cool. Like who wouldn't want to see Flair sting in a ring together, not wrestling, but just sharing a ring together. Tony Schiavone. It felt like a early nineties throwback. You know what I'm saying? So it's cool to see those three guys sharing the ring. AEW is not learning from past companies mistakes. Like they are (laughs) really not learning and it's painful to watch because you, it's like, we know where this is going to go. You know what I'm yeah. saying? At this point, as you, as you were alluding to, they are overfilling their roster with not just WWE guys, but I'm talking like older WWE talent that just really can't contribute at a high level anymore. You know, right. um, even Edge, it's like, I get it. The opportunity was there. Edge was done with WWE. So you go grab him. But it's like, even Edge is like, what, pushing 50? He's over 50, I think. Is he? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, but. He's got to be. Him and Christian got to be, you know, uh, tag team 100 plus. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, I just. Yeah. So it, it just it, it's, it's I, I don't. I think that AEW had a direction early on in their inception. Yeah. And I feel like they're losing track of that direction for for short term gains and grabbing certain people, putting them in the spotlight. You know, they're kind of right. losing themselves. And, you know, their ticket sales aren't looking great on a week-to-week basis as nope. far as the crowds uh, for Dynamite and stuff. Um, and listen, I know money isn't necessarily a problem for Tony Khan, but right. it will eventually be a problem. Like, eventually, you just can't get away from what is a bad investment, right? Yeah. And, and they've got to create a better direction for themselves that's focused on building the superstars that they already have and not trying to capitalize off of so much WWE nostalgia. Yeah. And here's the thing. I know they've got a lot of shows. I know they've got a lot of hours to fill, but when they're, it's, it's like us sometimes with the dirty, ugly wrestling podcast, we go off on tangents 
AEW has more tangents than we ever had. Um, and what I mean by that is you get a five-star match by like Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli and 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 Kazakata and you know you know all these people and then the very next segment you got Sting and Ric Flair and Tony Schiavone and you know what I'm saying and it's just there it's just too much back and forth I I want AEW to go into the direction that they were first going in if you've got one maybe two major pieces of talent like Chris Jericho Billy Gunn uh, Dustin Rhodes whatever it is. And, and they're feeding the new generation rather than just holding on to the old generation. I, I don't know. I want them to get some consistency. I want them to go in a certain direction. This brings me to my next point, gentlemen. Uh, and, and, and thank you for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners for listening to all of this for seven and a half years. We appreciate all of you. AEW went head-to-head with NXT, mind you, on a Tuesday night, both live shows. And, and and AEW had to be on a Tuesday night because of baseball playoffs. And NXT was already on Tuesday night with, you know, um, live. So as soon as they knew about the schedule change, WWE loaded up NXT. I'm talking John Cena, Cody Rhodes, um, Undertaker, for God's sake. Uh, you know, Becky Lynch is already in there. I mean, I'm talking about lo- LA Knight ended up being yep. a surprise. Yep. Um and from what I saw on everything, NXT crushed AEW in the live ratings. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And was it because they loaded up and teased The Undertaker? Yeah, maybe. But the the WWE is using these guys sparingly. And, and, and what I mean by that, John Cena's back. He's not you know doing movies right now, so he can come back and contribute and he's contributing by pushing the younger talent. He's not going in there for any spotlight. He's passing off the spotlight to anybody he can. Um, and and the young guys and the, the generation that were the bloodline and the judgment day, and they're all benefiting from this, and so are we. And, and you know, one shot, and, and what happened on NXT the next week? They were all gone. And, and the NXT product took back over, and the NXT still won. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> this is... I'm going to start with you, Fit Ugly, and then come to you, JT Wrestling. Okay, NXT deserved to win. They're using their Legends talent in a different way. And NXT, granted, it's not the it's not the main product that everybody watches, but it seems like they're doing the right things by fueling Raw and SmackDown with NXT back and forth. And you know what I'm saying? What do you think about this? Yeah. Fit Ugly. Yeah, so you're asking me, like, the question is, what do I think about them going head-to-head with them? Or What do you think about the head-to-head? What do you think about who, who, who's who got the advantage? And what do you think about – Yeah, I think I, I heard what you just said about AEW, like, you know, just throwback to the early 90s, late 80s, whatever it is. Well, is WWE doing it better? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's what that – that it's no doubt that they lined that card up the way they did because they wanted to show AEW that we're still top dog, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, and they proved it and they'd still continue to prove it, you know? And I think that that's why even when AEW first came around, when it came to like, oh, is this going to be real competition for the WWE? They let NXT compete with AEW's main roster. You know what I'm saying? Because the main roster of WWE, they're in another league. 
they're in another league. And yeah. even though WWE storytelling can be slow and, and slack sometimes, it still is better than AEW storytelling currently. Yeah, and they have a lot of long ter- long term. It's a lot of slow burn, a lot of long term. But I, I hear you. I hear you exactly what you're saying. Now, JT Wrestling, the main event on AEW Dy- uh, Dynamite going up against NXT was Adam Copeland, Edge, versus Luchasaurus. So, Legend versus New Guy, and they built it up for... I don't know, maybe less than a week because it was within less than two weeks that Edge or Adam Copeland or whatever you want to call it came back to AEW, came in. Now, the main event on the NXT card was uh, actually there was a couple of them, but, uh, you know, they all involved NXT talent and WWE talent. Just by hearing, I don't know if you saw it, JT Wrestling, but Adam, Adam Copeland versus Luchasaurus. How does that grab you? Does that make you turn the channel and want to watch that? Or turn the channel and watch the other thing with John Cena, The Undertaker, all that. Um, honestly, I didn't watch either. Okay, so you're not <laughs> but, part uh, of the ratings. That's okay. But if you had a choice, if you had a choice, I mean, I I guess I would watch Adam Copeland because I've always liked him. I know. Yeah, and, I know um, you're a fan, and I'm sure. Um, and I've seen um, the Luchasaurus guy wrestle a lot, and mm-hmm. he's pretty good. So I think I, I did see one of the – well, I guess it wasn't a match. I guess it was just like Luchasaurus jumping him, but it was good. I mean, okay. he's he could still – so, but I didn't watch either, so I okay. can't really comment. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I know you're an Undertaker yeah. fan too. This is why I ask. Because the Undertaker, even though he didn't show up and he wasn't, it was just a tease. He did show up at the end of the show, um, in the last segment. So, did, did you see what the Undertaker did? Did either one of you see what the Undertaker did? Yeah, it's a brawn breaker. Okay, you saw it. You did. You didn't see a JT wrestling. I did not. Okay, so basically, Braun Breaker came in and he dominated his match, whatever he did, and he's a bad guy now. And this is Rich Steiner's son, you know, Hall of Fame legend, whatever. And he said, I'm the baddest badass in the WWE, or I'm the baddest badass. And then a gong came down and the lights went out and the American badass Undertaker came out on the motorcycle, got in the ring, took the uh, took the sneeze cover off the microphone because he doesn't like that thing. Uh, and basically shot on Braun Breaker. You know, he was just, you know telling him, you know, you're going to be a great superstar someday, but today's not the day. And, and this, you know, you got to watch this, JT Wrestling, because Undertaker put the microphone up to make Braun Breaker look at it with the left hand, and then he took his right hand and jacked him right in the jaw. And, I mean, this was a stiff punch. I went back and slowed this down and watched it. <laughs> Braun Breaker got the bitch punched out of him by the Undertaker with that soup bone, that right hand. And then uh, Chokeslam. And that was pretty much it. But that, to me, that's how you get somebody the rub. That's how you put somebody over. You know, you tell them you, you're going to be great someday, and then you make him earn it, you know, one step closer to doing that. I thought that was done very well. Fit Ugly, you saw that. Did you like that spot? No, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to say. You said it all. Yeah, it was a great spot. It was great at putting him over. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> that would be a highlight of my career right there. It's like, I like Undertaker punched me right in the face. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and he took a bump. I don't know if he needed to take a bump off it, but he took a great bump off it. And he leapt into that choke slam. Undertaker had to do no work. Yeah. So that's how you pay to respect right back. I mean, it was only a, you know, 30, 60 second spot, but it was good. Um, okay. Tangent, tangent, tangent. This is what we do. Uh, the pro wrestling world is hot right now, which is great. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, T- uh, Impact Wrestling just made the announcement that it's going back to the TNA name. Total nonstop action. They got a TV deal coming, a bigger TV deal than with AX Access TV. Um, you know, so they, I don't, I don't believe they're going to try to be a competitor to either one, uh, WWE or AEW. But it's another alternative. It's something somewhere else to be, something else to watch on a different scale. Matter of fact, I believe TNA or Impact Wrestling now is what NXT Wrestling was when it was first incepted you know that kind of underground feel um right right. yeah which was great and this is where nxt has gotten away from but i i get it i understand um so what have you guys been uh, you know like i said i got notes what have you guys been seeing over the past couple weeks what what's on your mind as far as pro wrestling and jt wrestling i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you right now what 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 do you what have you been seeing mainly just raw um okay um and a little bit of AEW here and there. Um, okay. That's that's it. I, I I've tuned into um, Impact a few times, and okay. I agree with you. They're they're definitely um, more underground mm-hmm. right now, and and a lot of matches are interesting. Fair enough. I'm glad. I'm glad to see that. I would keep an eye on that because you never know what's gonna what's gonna happen with that. So you say you've been watching Raw. Um, Raw's got some interesting things going on. Uh, Judgment Day mostly. Um, so I will ask you, um, Damian Priest, Senior Money in the Bank, uh, Dominic and uh, Finn Balor just got the tag team titles back from Cody and J- uh, Main Event Jey Uso. Matter of fact. All that happened since our last podcast. Uh, Cody and Jay won it and then gave it right back. And I think the only reason they did that, the only reason is that when uh, Cody was walking back from the ring and Roman Reigns was walking to the ring, or I might have that backwards, they had a stare off. They had a stare down. And that it didn't say, they said nothing. Commentator said nothing. Went to black on TV. That was the whole reason to have those stories intertwined. Um, what do you think about Judgment Day, JT Wrestling? You like the faction? You like where it's going? You like the dominance? Um, I think it's good for um everyone in it. Um, I mean, they um, I like that they're claiming that there's no leader, but Ray Ripley's clearly leading. But... <laughs> Truth. But I, I like them. Okay. I like them enough. Now, do you see them more as a heel faction or as like an anti-hero faction? Like somebody the crowd's going to get behind? Right now, they're working on heel, but I think they're going to eventually be the anti-hero. I feel you. I feel you. How about you, uh, Fit Ugly? I know we talked about the bloodline a lot in the past several years. Yes. Because that was the hot storyline. Now. It's the judgment day. 
Yeah. I mean, we'll yeah. get back to the bloodline because they're, they're, they're kind of intertwining a little bit. But what do you think about this Judgment Day? Um, You know, I'm liking Judgment Day. I'm I'm, I'm glad that the, the group has worked out. I definitely look at them as a heel faction. Um, I will say that it's getting a bit unreasonable with uh, send your money in the bank, not cashing it in on a couple of these attempts. Yeah. But uh, overall, you know, I've, I've been enjoying them being like the faction to overcome on Raw. Um, you know, uh, so so that's been yeah. So I, I, I'm a fan of Judgment Day. I, I like them. You know, uh, yeah, they've been okay. good. I gotcha. Yeah, and now Dominic Mysterio still one of the biggest heels and heat getters. Um, you hear the crowd. <laughs> he can't even talk over the crowd. Yeah. Um, and that all stems off of his feud with Ray. Is that still going well? You see that as a positive thing for the Judgment Day with uh, Dominic getting so much heat. Absolutely. That's definitely going to keep them in that uh, that heel space that they need to be in. Um, it's good for Dom. It, it helps. It shows that they're still relevant. You know, people are still wanting to boo him because, um, I mean, they've been doing this for what, over a year now? Or was it this year that, that all of that started? I can't remember. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, this year when uh, it, it started built back up, they had the failed experiment when Edge was over there as far as a judgment day. That's, and right, then that's it, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it and then it kind of faded away, but then it came back strong when Rhea Ripley won her title. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 feeling the Judgment Day, um, and you know, uh, Dom getting booed. Uh, I like Rhea Ripley being kind of like the de facto leader of the group. I, I like that. That's a good change of pace. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've been a fan. All right, now let me uh, let me segue right here from Judgment Day to Bloodline now. This is interesting because the two factions are intertwining on all shows, actually, but pretty much Raw and SmackDown. You know, Jay, it, main event Jay Uso is on Raw. Jimmy Uso is on SmackDown with Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa, Roman Reigns, Bloodline. They're jumping shows. They're teasing things, I'm assuming, for Survivor Series purposes. Uh, just to build up that crossover for the pay-per-view next month. Premium Lime event. I'm sorry. But who's the face and who's the heel here? I see two heel factions, just like JT Wrestling just said. I see them all as heel right now, especially Judgment Day. So who's if they if they end up doing this, who's the heel and who's the face? At least for this point in time. You mean if the bloodline and judgment day face off? That's right. Well, Bloodline and Judgment Day face off. I think they're definitely going to take Judgment Day as the the face because Rhea Ripley is at least well liked. Yeah. So she alone can get them over as faces, considering Roman has been the top heel for the past couple of years. Right. And they're not going to look to to change him anytime soon. I don't think. And that might be to JT Wrestling's point. They might start the, the, the this little experiment for um, the Judgment Day to go face. This could be a, a nice little test. So yeah. let let's just put this into perspective. You've got, but you kind of need the Judgment Day to stay heels on Raw because if you don't have, who, I mean, who who else do you have if they're not? Well, that's the thing. This is kind of a one off, right? It's got to be if if, if they do this be. for Survivor yeah. Series. It's got to be like for for faction supremacy, not yes. Raw versus SmackDown. They're both heels, and right. they're both going to do heel things. Yes, um, it's got to be a one-off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but I would—I mean, I would 
I would pay to see it. I mean, we're not paying for Peacock, Peacock right now. I would pay to see it. Um, but you've got you got Cody Rhodes, you got main event Jey Uso, you got Sami Zayn. I mean, by himself now because Kevin Owens went to SmackDown. So that was an interesting split. So you've got faces that can carry the face part of Raw right now, especially with Cody. Um, and now you've got the Judgment Day on Raw and mostly the Bloodline on SmackDown. Let's just throw this out there theoretically. I don't know if you guys have seen this piece, but Magnus or I can't remember his real name. Uh, dude that came in to take over the general managership of SmackDown. Uh, I want to call him Magnus because that's his character name. But anyway, um, it's like him and his locker room versus Adam Pierce and the Raw locker room. Now, that could be interesting, too. You could see both of them gather five, four or five superstars from their brand, all the main eventers, put them all together and put Raw versus SmackDown again. I, I don't know. We've seen this before. I don't think it's for brand supremacy, guys. I don't think WWE wants to tell us one brand is better than the other because they want us to watch everything. So, JT Wrestling, what do you think if that happens? If if uh, Magnus, whatever the hell his name is, General Manager SmackDown, pulls a team and Adam Pierce Pierce team from Raw to Survivor Series, that's what we got. Bloodline versus Supremacy, or, or Bloodline for Supremacy. Oh, my God, there goes my EWA. Uh uh, card uh, bloodline versus uh, judgment day. And then you've got SmackDown versus raw. What do you like about that? JT wrestling. Do you like that dynamic? I like it. Um, I mean, I think it would, um, I don't know if they're going to do it, but if they did it kind of Jay Uso's on wrong, Maybe yep. they turn him heel again and he just goes back with the bloodline and messes Ooh. it up. Not messes it up, you know, does his, just like says, I was faking and everyone right. was right. So he could just like act his way back in, infiltrate, and then there could be, you know, eventually he'll come out and say, ah, I was just kidding. <laughs> it could be. Uh, and that's another thing where it leads to Raw versus SmackDown or Judgment Day versus Bloodline. Uh, Jay and Jimmy are going to be teased to get at each other for quite a while. And then what's going to happen is um, eventually they're going to face off one-on-one. -on -one. I think, to me, that's a WrestleMania. You you can't do that any better than WrestleMania. you got to build that up. And they both deserve that, actually. What do you think about that? Jay versus Jimmy at WrestleMania. Absolutely. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And I got I got to think it doesn't matter who wins that match. It's just what can they do with this storyline? How emotional can they make it? How personal can they make it? I mean, not since Matt and Jeff Hardy faced off each other at WrestleMania 25. Uh, but that I don't know. They they I want to say they really built that storyline off of bullshit because it ended up being about. Oh, like Jeff Hardy's dog dying or, you know, it, it was like it wasn't about the brothers and the friendship and the tag team. It was it was made over stupid stuff because they realized that they couldn't put those two against each other. But they did. And it was a fantastic match. Um, And Matt Hardy was a heel and he won, which right. is fine. But this here, they, this bloodline storyline has got years of substance. So I think that Jimmy versus Jay, no title, just Jimmy versus Jay. 
And, and not about being in the bloodline, not about being their own man, not about being on Raw or SmackDown, just Jimmy versus Jay. I want to see the purity of that. That that would be a very good WrestleMania match. It could be a feud for a year, but I want to see it start at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're going. I think they're going to start it probably more so at the beginning of the year, going into WrestleMania season. But yeah. all I know is that once that match happens, it's got to be the end of the bloodline. I would hope so. You know, I, I love the that, bloodline. But no, yeah, the story has run. We've all loved the bloodline, but I think yeah. it's it's time has come. Yes. Um, speaking of time has come, uh, we're going to take a little break right here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. But when we come back, uh, we're going to have our second segment. We're going to jump into Crown Jewel. We're going to jump into AEW's next premium live event pay-per-view thing. We're going to talk about Halloween. We're going to talk about... Uh, yeah, some things we're gonna talk about some things and then later on in segment number three rodney deal justin donahue special guests interview me and the fit ugly so gentlemen uh let's take about a five minute break but you guys are just going to hear some interlude music and we're coming right back but we'll we'll jump right back on this uh, zoom call in about five minutes gentlemen and we will continue with episode 122 of the dirty ugly wrestling podcast <laughs> And we're back on yeah. the dirty, yeah, yeah, on the dirty, ugly wrestling podcast once again. My name is Dirty Mike, and I'm the big ugly. Yes, you are the fit ugly, still fit ugly. That's right. And we are once again joined by JT Wrestling. Welcome back. Good to be back. Good, good. And I just had, I just had a vision, guys. I had a vision of watching a wrestling match and the lights going out for no reason. And you know when the lights go out in a wrestling match, two, one of two things happens. One, they, they lost the breaker like ECW couldn't afford it back in the mid-90s. And then they lost all the lights. And that happened at the end of their pay-per-view. But no, 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 no. That's what I'm talking about here. The lights come up here in the middle of the ring to a standing, rousing ovation. The king of non-social media. Hashtag, no hashtag, CM Funk is back! I, I can't do it like Tony Schiavone, but I was close enough. Welcome back! Oh, gentlemen, you know, I, I was listening to that first segment and it was so amazing that I thought I need to call in because I haven't talked with you guys in way too long. So uh, thank you for the fantastic intro and uh, gosh, it's good to be back with you guys. Oh, man, we missed you, man. Good to have you back. I appreciate it. I, I've missed you guys, too, you know, but... Uh, uh, Life is busy, you know? Life is busy. So That's good. Busy is good. And and you're good, too, because if you heard that first segment of the podcast when we were doing it, before it even went up on SoundCloud, <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, you are really good, my friend. Oh, don't, don't pull back the curtain yet. Come there on, There is now. no curtain. I just turned off all the lights, and now you're standing in the middle of the ring, and now you get the microphone, and you get to create a pipe bomb. Oh no no don't 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 throw uh don't throw my namesake on me here you know like how uh, about a shoot <laughs> how about how yeah, about this know, man nah, welcome back look look I'm I'm just here to I'm just here to talk talk with you guys man I'm, that's what I'm all about that's man. what that's what we that we're glad to do and we're we're happy to have you back let me just throw some words out that we were talking about in that first segment now you you heard it somehow you know what we were talking about so let me throw 
Adam Copeland at you, and you just tell me what you think. CM Funk. You know, um, I'll be honest. I am totally shocked that it happened, that he ended up on, on at AEW. Uh, really? Totally shocked. Yeah. I really thought he was a, a lifer for a WWE. So, um, so, you know, but it is what it is. The wrestling business is what it is. And, you know, hey, he's earning a paycheck doing what he wants to do. So good for him. We thought we knew him. We we did. But uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, we don't anymore. So uh, <laughs> we thought we knew him, uh, and that's what JT Wrestling said. As long as he's happy doing what he's doing, and you know that's what it's all about. You know, he gets to hang out with friends. He gets to work a lighter schedule. He gets to actually probably do some things that the WWE just were not on board with him doing at this point. Uh, yeah, so be it. So be it. Um, yeah. Let me throw another one at you. How about AEW versus NXT head-to-head live on a Tuesday night when NXT won by like 300,000 or whatever it is. <laughs> Talk about that. The Tuesday one-night war? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, um, I mean, the only, the only reason NXT really won was because they pulled out all of the old stars, you know, so... Um, you know, and and it's good. It's it's fun to have a little small, you know, rivalry that doesn't really exist except for <laughs> Tony Khan. You know, so um, you know, he's the uh, only uh, one that seems to be like egging it along. Yeah, no doubt, he's the one who wants it because it draws ratings, and even that, I don't think it helps all that much anymore. So, but now, Fit Ugly, I know you saw this, and I know JT Wrestling did not, but uh. Fit Ugly, I know you want to hear CM Funk's reaction to The Undertaker punching Braun Breaker in the face. Yes. And, yes. And then you taking, feel and about then the taking, return of Taker. And then taking the sky-high choke slam. Go ahead, Fit Ugly. Yeah, you know, look, I'm always I'm always going to pop. You know me. I'm, I'm like the number one Taker guy. So, um, I know. You know, uh, it pains me to watch him move. Um, yeah. I will say that because it's uh, it takes a little extra effort and probably about you know sixteen hundred milligram of Advil to get him through the, the <laughs> you know just riding the motorcycle down. But um, oh. but you know what? I liked it. It, it put both Braun and uh, Carmelo over and gave them the rub. And um, at the end of the day, that's what he was there for, and to draw that rating and get those three hundred thousand extra you know viewers. So. But, <laughs> that's right the yeah. rub and we we did talk about you know how aew is using their quote-unquote legends and how wwe is using their quote-unquote legends let me throw another one at you all i gotta do is this Woo! wow right like <laughs> um i mean you didn't think adam copeland was coming we thought we knew him right i i mean you know but at the end of the day it's Sting, you know, so, I mean, <laughs> Sting gets what Sting, you know, wants, you know, so, um, and, and it's cool. I mean, you know, Flair's not under WWE contract anymore, so, right. um, you know, so, hey, again, free to do what he wants, you know, and, and, uh, and I think it's cool, especially since Sting's on his uh, retirement run now, you know, at this yeah. point. Yeah. So. An announced retirement run. Right, like exactly. That. He flat out said it. And that's, again, JT Wrestling. I know you said it <coughs> um, about having fun. Ric Flair can go over there, have fun with his buddies, get a paycheck, do whatever he wants to do. Now, JT Wrestling, 
I'm going to come to you for this one because I know we mentioned a couple of sports teams in the beginning of our first segment. Baltimore Orioles. I know you're a fan, and you said you stopped watching after the Orioles got eliminated, correct? True. Okay, fair enough. Jay, how about you, CM Funk? The Orioles got swept by the Rangers. Now the Rangers and the Diamondbacks are in the World Series. Have you watched it since? Have you saw any of it? Do you, do you even care at this point? You know, I, I, I did tune in a little bit because I was kind of intrigued with uh, the Phillies. I'm a big Bryce Harper fan. So, oh, yeah. um, uh, you know, so it was kind of fun to watch that. But then as soon as that ship started to sink, it's kind of like the two teams that I could care less about are in the World Series. So <laughs> at this point, good, good for them. Congratulations. Uh, they were the... They were the worst and third worst team two years ago in baseball, and the second worst team um, it resides here in the beautiful state of Maryland. So, That's right. Um, Don't take know, that so, away from the Orioles. Hundred hundred right. losses a couple years ago. Yeah. So uh, so it's kind of bittersweet because the two teams that were just as bad as us are in the World Series two years later, and mm. we're not. So nope. We are not. But we did have a great season. We won the AL East Championship. We won 101 games. And uh, there's that picture JT Wrestling's got uh, right there uh, on his uh, profile. You can see it. We had a great time at Oriole Park at Camden Yards ourselves. And now they got a lease for another 30 years. So maybe we'll be, you know, when when Dirty Ugly Wrestling finally hits episode 200 about that time and we're all like 60, 70 years (laughs) old, we can get a suite again. And, uh, you know, we'll be all right. Um, Miami Dolphins. How about your boys? Hey, they racked up 70 points against a, uh, an actual professional football team a couple they weeks ago. They did. So, yeah, that was that was pretty exciting. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I thought ESPN ticker had gone mad because I saw 70 to 20 or whatever. I was like, what the hell kind of score is that? Yeah, yeah. It was real. Yeah, somebody somebody put the uh, easy setting on Madden and uh, just let him go. <laughs> so. Oh, my. Fair yeah. enough. Well, hey, you know, we, we've been kind of talking about what we talked about on the first segment, and we all heard the first segment, even UCM Funk. So let's, let's, go, <laughs> let's go into the second segment. Let's talk about Crown Jewel, for God's sake. Um, WWE Crown Jewel coming up soon. Um, talk about stacking the deck, uh, loading the card. Uh, you know, I'm going to start with UCM Funk, and I'm going to go around the room. Uh, first of all, yeah or no. I, I mean, there's a reason this is happening in Saudi Arabia, but L.A. Knight already really against a Roman Reigns who's been on vacation for three months and a guy who's organically getting over. I, I, I'm going to start right there and I'm just going to let you take it. CM Funk. You know, I I've, I've kind of I've been thinking about this and I'm not happy about it happening in Saudi Arabia. First off. But, but I get it. It's almost like the first Austin Brett at uh, what uh, Mania thirteen, where okay. Austin wasn't quite ready to be put. You know, the, the 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 rocket literally strapped to him and all that kind of stuff. You know. Okay. Um, I think it's almost kind of that same deal, and I think they want to see what happens with uh with L.A. Knight coming out of that. Does he still have the same fan response? If he does. Then maybe at another big pay-per-view down the road, you know, maybe sometime over the summer of next year, because it probably won't be a mania, but you no. know, they they do strap that rocket to him and they they do let him, you know, ride with the with the with the title or something like that. So um so I get it. I, I feel like this is just 
kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of uh, checking checking the temperature to see if uh, it's something that is going to actually last past, you know, this initial, um, you know, surge of popularity and stuff. So, okay, fair enough. And 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 uh, fit ugly. I know I texted you about this, and we were both kind of going back and forth, and we're like, we got to wait for the podcast. But yeah. is this too is this too fast? I mean, I know John Cena gave him the rub. Uh, on SmackDown because he—that's what he's been doing. Coming back, like I said, he's taking no glory for himself. He's—he's he, he's there to put other people over. And right now it's LA Knight. Now he's got a championship match. I mean, what do you? Yeah, think? I, I, just, I, yeah, I, think, I think it's too fast. I mean, I, I think that if you have an over superstar, why why shoot him to the moon just to feed him to somebody? You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, when uh, Braun Strowman was like really becoming popular. You know, with mm-hmm. the, with the, you know, get these hands and stuff. And then they they quickly just, like, fed him to Brock Lesnar and, like, Lesnar beat him, and it, it kind of just took the steam off of it. And so it's just, like, if – it's I know that they're not – that L.A. Knight is not going to beat Reigns, right, in Saudi Arabia. So, so it's just, like, if this is the case, like, why not just send him up the ranks? Like, start him with the United States Championship or the, the IC belt and just let him just keep being over in the same way that somebody like a, a Stone Cold back in the 90s started. You know what I'm saying? Like, Stone Cold just didn't hit the championship scene. Like, he went through the ranks. And it's like, I, I just don't understand the uh, the mindset behind this. It feels like short-term thinking. Yeah, I mean, to me, and on JT Wrestling, I'm going to come to you. It just seems like that they got, I don't know, Saudi Arabia has to have some kind of deal where they have to have Roman Reigns on the card. So they need to get him back on TV doing something with somebody. And I, I guess there's nobody else at this point. We talked about this for a while. Who else do we even put against Roman at this point? I mean, there's nobody even close to ha- holding that spot. And it's kind of feeling to me like when I they mean, announced Logan Paul for the first time. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then it turned around and it was like, oh, okay, I understand I understand the dynamic that they're going for, and it's not going to hurt either one of them if one of them beats the other, because obviously it's a special attraction kind of thing right now. JT Wrestling. Why not go Cody Rhodes again? You know, Mania. They're they're waiting for Mania. That's okay. Yeah, we're CM. That's why CM Funk earlier said they're not going to do LA Night at Mania because we're going to get a we're going to get a repeat. I mean, it's going to be a sort of a modified storyline but we're going to get a repeat uh twice in a lifetime yep twice in a lifetime you know same thing uh jt wrestling what do you think i mean la Knight. he's a big rising superstar coming from almost obscurity he's got a big main event championship match against obviously the face of the company in saudi arabia which is a big time global kind of event is it too fast is it too soon does la Knight have a chance what do you think it's jt wrestling it's definitely too fast, but like like you've kind of been saying about um Crown Jewel, mm-hmm. uh, or what I think about Crown Jewel, Crown Jewel was pretty much uh, Saudi Arabia's version of WWE Two K Twenty Four because they throw together matches that shouldn't happen. Undertaker coming back. Um, they treat it like their own personal video game. They bring back who they want. They pay, and it's not always a good match. So yeah. it's just their own version of a video game, except it's 
the actual characters and people. I kind of like the correlation. That's interesting. Perfect, perfect correlation. Yes, perfect (laughs) analogy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and and well, and that's why I say I feel like they're kind of testing the waters with with L.A. Knight, you know, to see if he really can be a main event player. And what better place to do it is Crown Jewel, which is you know Saudi Arabia is it's a throwaway, you know. Yeah, they can sweep it under the mat if necessary. Right. It 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 doesn't really mean anything in the long term scope of things usually, you know, because it is a video game. It is just creating these you know, one-off dream matches or what have you, you know, kind of, you know, the publicity stunts essentially. So yeah, that's that's why I feel like that. I think I feel insulted by the, because I think you're right, Sam Funk, that they're like trying to see if he can be a main star. And I feel insulted by it because it's like the guy was down in NXT with the LA Knight character and he got it over, right? They bring him up as Max Dupree or whatever. That wasn't working out. They then let him, you know, go back to me at LA Knight. And once again, he got it over. I mean, it's not like they they didn't give him anything relevant when he switched back to LA Knight. He was just on the card and yeah. he got it over. So it's like, it's obvious to me that this is a guy that he he's getting himself over. He can get over. I don't understand the, oh, we got to test the waters thing. I mean, look how hard they goddamn tried with Roman Reigns for years before <laughs> he finally got to something he, he could be that people actually like. Well, I think they want to see, is LA Knight, though, somebody that can be the face of the company? And I don't, personally, I don't know that he's that guy. Is he over? Yes. But does that make him a face of a company? Not necessarily. And I think that's what they want to, I think that's what they want to see. Where's the marketability? You know, it's a business for them. So yeah. to me, I think that's what they're looking at. Well, maybe they're I, testing. I still the... feel, but I still feel like it's too soon. <laughs> like my thing is you don't have to see just yet. Like you can take him up the card in a fashion. Like I, I guess you, it's you like know what's Cena, interesting? Cena, Cena at one point was super over, right? And Cena still just went from like U.S. champion to whatever to you know before he became the face of the company. I, I yeah. don't know. I, I see. I see where you're going. I see all the points. I see that he has not, as far as what we say, see on television, the people he's faced, the matches he's had, he has not earned. But neither did Logan Paul. You know what I mean? It's as an attraction, he's got that. But can like CM Funk said, can he hold? The market share, can he hold the attention, the ratings, the value in a main event spot? Are they going to put the? I mean, they're putting this on last, obviously. You know, do people turn it off even on Peacock or do do people still watch it? I think they want to, I think they want to see, they want to, I see where you're saying it's insulting, but that's, that's the wrestling purist in me is saying the same thing, but it's like the same thing. Logan Paul can't win the WWE championship. It's you know, and neither can LA Knight, not right now. And but, even, the only reason that that would even happen is if Roman was like seriously injured or needed, you know, cancer came back or something and they needed to take but, the belt off him quickly. But I don't think it's even so much about, you know, us, you know, being insult, being it being insulting. Like, okay, we all know LA Knight's not going to win, but how is he not going to win? I think right. that's more of the story. I think that's more of the intrigue to watch. Is it going to be Solo and Jimmy, you know, coming in to save the day? Um, does Roman beat him clean? Does, you know, does he cheat to beat LA Knight? You know, what? what is it? Because whatever it will be, 
will help to continue to push L.A. Knight into that main event scene at the end of the day. And I think you've got to have a first chapter to that story in order to get to that next, you know, to that next chapter. And we were talking about Survivor Series, too. So can will everybody on both sides end up interfering in this thing and then turn into a four and four or five on five or Survivor Series? I mean, which is right around the corner. Uh, well, and, well, and, the, yeah. and the, the other thing, sorry not to keep on this, but Go ahead. back back to Big Ugly's uh, point about, you know, how, you know, like put him in an intercontinental or U.S. title scene and all. Well, to me, you're not going to have him beat Gunther either. OK, so right. Gun, Gun, Gunther and Roman are basically like the same thing, you know, so you're not doing that. Who is the U.S. champion? Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Oh God! Well, yeah. So you're not going to put him in a face against face uh, uh, match and have him beat Rey Mysterio at this point, you know. So, you know, for the current storylines the way they are, like this actually make to me makes the most sense is to put him right in there against Roman. And like I said, to me, it goes back to just can he can he step in the ring and handle his business and be that main event star that everybody thinks he is at Hopefully. this point. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, yeah. but you to mentioned, chime in on this, I will say I'm not the biggest fan of LA Knight's in ring work, but that's just a side story. I think <laughs> the in ring work is is passable at this I point, yes. yeah. but it's kind of secondary to the to what the character's doing. Correct. Um. Yeah. It's it's Hulk Hogan syndrome. I mean, yeah. I don't want to well, put them uh, in the same category, but it's you know passable in ring work, but character work that's getting you over. Yeah, Stone Cold, honestly, like, go back and watch Steve Austin matches. You know, for the most part, they were serviceable. Like, they weren't, yeah. like, he, he wasn't setting the world on fire in the ring. You know, <laughs> right. uh, He was not, no. No, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> That's okay. And we mentioned Rey Mysterio as the United States champion. Let's just, uh, he's facing Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Logan Paul right. made a return uh, a couple weeks ago to set this up because they want Logan Paul on the Crown Jewel show. Uh, and they banked on a storyline that they started on social media. You know all about that, CM Funk. I know. Uh, but <laughs> and something that they did a while ago because Rey Mysterio has already uh, been beaten by Logan Paul without the U.S. title. So I, I don't know. It just seems like what they're doing with this crown jewel card is stuffing together what basically what would happen right now if they had to have a WrestleMania. Like, if they had, and this is what they're doing. Um, Survivor Series, we will see about that. It's in Chicago. Uh, of course, the big rumor is CM Punk. It ain't never going to happen. Ain't never going to happen. Um, and it should. Neither, but, uh, neither is CM Funk, just as a sidebar. Oh, you're <laughs> not You're not going to show up in Chicago? No, no. All right, fair I'm sorry, I'm not the fifth one. So. <laughs> fair enough. It was me, Austin. And that was a uh, great storyline back then. All right, so, yeah. It's Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul for the U.S. title. Uh, the U.S. title is what it is. Logan Paul can win that. He can beat Rey Mysterio. Logan Paul can have some more heat uh, for a little while. and n- Nobody really cares. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. Uh, I think this is just a way to get a quality match out of both of them where it had nothing. You can't cash in the money in the bank. It's not for a title. And you get Cody Rhodes on the show. Um, because that's what they want. They want Cody Rhodes on the show. Here's the intriguing match that I'm thinking about. Seth freaking Rollins defending the World Heavyweight Championship 
against Drew McIntyre. I'm going to start with UJT Wrestling. Seth freaking Rollins has gone through hell with Shinsuke Nakamura recently. Um, this whole thing about his back and whatever this is. I know you've been watching Raw, so that's why I'm asking you about this. And Drew McIntyre, who's kind of been in the main event before, but he's always an attraction, but now he's kind of balancing heel and face on the fence. What do you think about this? Do you think Seth retains? Do you think Drew takes over? Do you think uh, Damian Priest cashes in on this uh, crown jewel show to balance out the video game? What do you think? Uh, I believe that um, that um, Drew McIntyre sort of, yeah, he's trying to be a heel, but I think he's being more of an anti-hero because he's He's not he's he's not jumping anybody, and he's not threatening anybody. Um, he's just saying he's out for himself. Okay. So, um, I if Drew McIntyre wins, I see a um, Damian Priest um, title title change. Oh. If um if Seth Rollins wins. I would say to make Judgment Day the anti-hero, make it a make it a failed attempt. Mm. Just uh, just don't ca- or cash in and and not be successful. Yes. Okay. Okay, that's fair enough. I this is intriguing to me because the storyline with Seth Rollins and Shinsuke was actually growing on me. And the fact that Drew McIntyre is kind of coming out of nowhere, uh, just coming back and jump, just jumping in. I, I don't know. I I could see a lot of different things happening here. Um, so we'll close out this and jump over to AEW Full Gear. But I want to ask uh, CM Funk, is there anything else on that um, card that's going to entice you to watch at 1 p.m. in the afternoon on Saturday? Um, no, no, not really. <laughs> Fair. To, so to, you'll catch it on the replay. Yeah, I'll probably be watching it that evening. You know, enjoying a nice um, adult beverage and um, trying to get myself through it. So uh, um, yeah. yeah, fair. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So let's um, let's let's talk about the you know a little bit of AEW. I also did mention we talked about in the first, and I know you heard it, CM Funk. Can, can I do an AEW tangent? Yo, please. All right. So I think I told you this. I was like, remind me to talk about Darby Allen. But oh, I, I did. Right? Yeah, I wrote it down. Yeah. So I was about to say I, I was watching some stuff. I was on TikTok and it was like showing Dar- Darby Allen. Listen, I'm gonna keep this brief. I don't understand why he takes so many crazy bumps. Okay. Like the joint is am I alone? It's like I've not watched AEW as y'all know that much, but it's like every time I'm watching a highlight of him, he's like doing something crazy. And it's yeah. like, bruh, I I get it for like entertainment and it's like, maybe I'm just turning into that old guy, but it's like, you do not have to do all of this. Like, this is crazy. And I'm shocked that with so much older talent on that roster that no one is talking to him like, bro, you need to chill. I think he's tagging with the wrong person because Sting's taking crazy bumps at 62 years old. Uh, But (laughs) I, I hear you. I mean, I, and most of the veterans will say, you know, you don't want to punch your bump card too fast. You want longevity. Uh, I don't know how he lives his personal life or, or how, you know, whatever that is. But, you know, obviously he's taking 
time off of his physical career and his life. Uh, CM Funk. Wait, okay. Wait, I want to stop you right there on that. Go ahead. All right. Is he, in fact, taking time off of his in-ring career? All right. Look at Jeff Hardy. Still wrestling. How many stupid, crazy bumps has he taken (laughs) over the years? Yeah. Sabu. How long did his career last with all the stupid, crazy stuff he did? You know, so I get it. I, I, you know, I want to say I agree that, you know, he, I, I agree to, with, with Big Ugly to a certain point that he could probably bring it back a step. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, every single match all the time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, it's kind of his gimmick. Yeah. Uh, history shows that these guys really doesn't really affect them too, too much, at least. Maybe when they're seventy or eighty, it does. But uh, but again, <laughs> yeah. look at look at Terry Funk. All the stupid matches he did, and he wrestled till he was seventy five years old. So pretty much, yep. You know, so uh, I don't know. I, I see both sides of it, but eh, eh, let the guy be the guy. I so. think he's the only one, other than you know the the stuff that we don't see on mainstream, like we don't see. Um, CZW and all the, the light bulb tube matches and the exploding ring and all that. We don't see those Japanese death matches as much, but he's the only guy mainstream that's actually playing that character, if that makes sense. Like, he's that Mick Foley right now. He's that Terry Funk. He's that guy that's going to take, he's that guy on your card uh, that's going, you, you can expect a crazy match from. Or at least one or two crazy bumps. This is true. And how old is he? 22? 23? Uh, I think he's like 25 or 26. Barely? He's, he's in his 20s. Modern day Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Modern day. I think he's worse than Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy at least was trying to. I don't know. He wasn't smart about it. Like he would be landing on his tailbone when he didn't have to be. Uh, you know, this guy. You know, I, I don't know if it's calculated risks that he's taking, but obviously. He's got he's got a little body and a little frame. I don't know if he takes the wrong bump, and if anybody yeah. takes the wrong bump, right? You know, big ugly. Like I, I know I know you don't you you don't watch a ton of AEW and stuff, but I'll give you this: if Darby Allen were to wrestle Samoa Joe every single um, time he goes <laughs> out there, then yes, he needs to stop what he's doing because Samoa Joe has actually used him as a bowling ball a, a couple yeah. of times um, and just completely destroyed him. So. Um, you know, if that were the case, if that he was always wrestling Joe, I'd say, yeah, back back yourself off. But otherwise, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm cool with it. It's it's an interesting uh, tangent. I appreciate that because, you know, Darby Allen deserves flowers. Um, hopefully not on a gravesite anytime soon, but he deserves his flowers. Uh, that's great. Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, in the first like I said, uh, CM Funk, I know you heard it. In the first segment, we did talk about uh, Impact Wrestling going back to TNA Wrestling. Uh, JT Wrestling was talking about you know how it's more like an underground feel, kind of the way NXT was when it first came around. So TNA is never going to step up and say, oh, we're going to compete. We're just going to do what we want to do. And they have some crazy matches in, in Impact Wrestling right now, too, with some, uh, some crazy bumps and you know some things like that. But let's... Go back to AEW for a minute. Um, there's a lot of tangents in AEW. I think I brought this up earlier. It just seems like they don't have an A to B. They have an A to B with a C tangent and D over here. And <laughs> e. 
I mean, and, and I, this is a perfect example. I don't know if you saw from Dynamite from last night. Well, if we, we know about the Ric Flair thing, obviously we did. MJF is in five storylines right now. <laughs> this is the guy who was like anti-everything and F you, Tony Khan, I'm out in 2024. Now he's the poster boy face douchebag world champion. And he's Kenny Omega over here. Samoa Joe over here. Jay White over here. I mean, can you shed some light on AEW's consistency or lack thereof as far as storylines, or just is it is this just MJF? No, you you got you got me. Okay, uh, you you got I I I when I tuned in because I didn't I didn't start watching Dynamite right at the beginning. I kind of uh, hopped in and it was right at the end of the MJF segment and all. And when Kenny Omega came out, I just was like, what the, and I don't curse, but I was like, yeah. what the, you know? So, um, yeah, dude, I, as clear as I am on what WWE is doing with LA Knight, you got me when it comes to AEW and MJF. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, MJ, they were, they were promoting full gear. MJF and Jay White. There was a storyline there. Jay White stole the Triple B, the title belt. You know, it, it was there. There's this whole thing, and then it was MJF versus uh, the other one for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Oh, what the hell's his name? Juice Robinson. Thank yeah. you, Juice. And then, I mean, that's kind of the one-off that led into this. But then he got into Kenny Omega, and now before the pay-per-view even happens, there's a match happening on television that I'd much rather see. MJF right. <laughs> and Kenny Omega, and that's free if you have cable or if you stream something. I mean, what the hell's happening? I mean, and they have – AEW goes from having these classics. This is what I was telling Fit Ugly and JT Wrestling earlier. Like, you got Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli and, and, and Okada and all these people, and then you've got Ric Flair and Sting and Tony Schiavone with 200 years of experience standing in the ring, and – it, it's kind of, I'm not, I don't know. It's hard to follow. It's hard to put attention to. Is AEW shooting, shooting themselves in the foot? Does MJF really come out in 2024? And does he get paid by WWF like I think he will? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> you don't know? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm... Believe me, I've actually had trouble watching AEW over the last several weeks because it's so convoluted and all over the map. And I, I just don't know what Tony Khan is thinking from week to week. You know, it's like he yeah. truly needs a he truly needs a writing staff now. Like he needs someone that's actually smart booking and not just dream booking, you know, left and right. So, yeah. um. Uh, the t the timeless Tony Storm stuff, awesome, fantastic, uh, and that's part of the commercials mostly. Right, Tony Storm is the best thing going on in AEW right now. In my Amen. Opinion. I love it, and Christian Cage is doing some great heel work, um, which is which is wonderful too. Uh, I, I, the acclaimed is fun. I don't know. It's starting <laughs> to run its course. Yeah, they're being weird with it now. I mean, Billy Gunn taking off his boots and trying to retire. I mean, they made a joke out of that thing, and now he's wrestling a week later. Uh, they're they're trying to make Max Caster transition from 
straight to gay, gay to straight. I don't know. It's it's all it's very convoluted, very strange. And that and that's involved in the whole MJF storyline too. Yes, so. it is because they want MJF to be friends and all that. that uh, too much. It's too much. Um, okay. Plus, MJF is going to wrestle twice at full gear because he's defending the Ring of Honor tag team titles with somebody. Maybe not Adam Cole because he's not there or he's 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 injured against the guns. And then MJF is wrestling either Jay White or I guess Kenny Omega might face Jay White now if 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 Kenny Omega beats MJF. I don't know. This is crazy. Okay. We're winding down. This is this is a tangent. This is what we're going to go on. This is episode 122. This is Halloween. I want to throw this out there. NXT Halloween Havoc did a great job with costumes last night. I don't know if anybody saw it, but you should check it out on uh, Peacock or USA if you haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I said this earlier. I think I said it to you, Fit Ugly. I think there should be a wing of the WWE Hall of Fame that should just be for characters. Uh, by no means should the ring work or the ring resume of this guy, but I want the boogeyman in the Hall of Fame. As an honorary member, uh, uh, Fit Ugly, just tell me what you think about that. Yeah, no, I think you and I were in agreement about such a memorable character. Um, obviously, he was never, like, you know, the top guy, but I, no. I do think that uh, I do think there's a spot in there for the boogeyman. I mean, there's always a spot for him to come back. He's on Legends contract. He obviously comes back anytime he wants. Uh, I'm going to start with JT Wrestling. What do you think? The Boogeyman, yay or nay, is just an honorary Hall of Fame character. For sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, ever since he's come into the WWE, he's practically been in every single game. And um, <laughs> he can always show I, up. I mean, yeah, and I, I mean, I just like his character. I've, I've, I liked his character from the first time I saw him. So that's pretty. I cool. just, yeah. The character's great. The music is great, and he can show up anywhere at any time and do anything. All right, CM Funk, t- tear all our dreams apart. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll. All right, here we go. I'll let the boogeyman in, but you got to let Doink the Clown in too. Then in that same wing, so. I, I will let the. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll that deal. That's a good deal. I'll let right. the okay. clown in. All right. Hell then, yeah. I, I, then I'm game. I'm with you guys. Look, look. I can be How about that. I need an like an, it's an honorary <laughs> wing. You know, doink the clown. That's that's great. And and Matt, uh, goddamn Matt Bourne. Now Matt Bourne was uh, you know he had a lot of problems. Dark side of the ring. If you want to watch that, but that guy was a that guy was a talent. That guy was a good worker in the ring, and he took a gimmick that was basically a throwaway. And he made it into something that can happen anywhere, anytime for like ever. Anybody can be doing the clown, but okay. nobody can be Matt Bourne doing the clown. But I like it. Let's do it. Gentlemen, uh, thank you very much. Um, fit ugly. Don't go anywhere because we got an interview to do and I'll catch up with you in a minute. But uh, <laughs> JT Wrestling, thank you very much for joining us again. It's always good to see you. Hope you'll come back again. I will. Great. We're going to we're going to hang out sometimes too. We're going to talk about that. And CM Funk, man, it's been great. I know you've been busy, but it's welcome back. Thank you for joining us. All right, guys, this this was the best 40 minutes I've had this week. So uh, thank you guys <laughs> so much. Um, and uh, for anybody that hasn't heard it yet, please go back and listen to segment one. 
Absolutely. That's a great idea. And don't forget <laughs> segment three coming up soon. We're going to take a brief musical interlude and we're going to come right back. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We'll be right back with more of Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And we're back yeah. on the dirt. Thank you. On segment three of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the big ugly. And it's been a hell of a ride so far. October 2023, segment one, segment two. We had a big return of CM Funk. Uh, that was great. But now, now we've been pr- promising this all night. You know, we, when, we, when we talk to new people and different people, and if, as, since they've gotten uh, referred to us by other new people that we have on our podcast, it just shows that our podcast and, and the legend is growing, uh, Fit Ugly, which is great. Yes. That after seven and a half years, we're People still still interested. That's right. And it's still growing. And it's still a platform to get on there. And I tell you what, let's introduce one of our guests right now. Hopefully the other one can we can figure out some uh, audio uh, challenges, but we'll we'll make it happen. Um, right now, uh, this is a gentleman. Matt Silks, when he was on the show, uh, he talked highly of this gentleman. And then this gentleman approached me and uh, said, hey, you know, what can we do to, you know, be on the podcast? And I said, you know what? Let's do it. Let's let's make the schedule. I said, we got a couple months filled up, but hey, we're going to get it. And uh, we're going to talk. We're going to talk to him as a gimmick, as a character, as a real person, whatever you want to know. Uh, his name is Rod, named Rodney. But R.D. Mosh is what's coming up on our screen. And how are you doing, Rod? R.D., how the hell are you? Welcome to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, right now, you know, other than my voice, I'm doing great. You know, uh, we had a parade last will- night. We had a parade last night, you know, yelling at the for the fans and the kids and everything else. And then we did a show last uh, on Saturday. So, you know, screaming and everything else has got my voice a little, little hoarse. That's okay. Well, you know, just don't don't hurt yourself any further. You know, just a nice, easy conversation. But that, that shows you care. That shows the passion. And that shows you want to hit your voice to the back wall or the sky. Um, that's a great thing, especially in indie wrestling. Um, really appreciate that. And let's uh, get a sound check from our second. Uh, he's muted right now. But let's see if you take him off mute. Let's see if we can hear him. Andrew, can you hear us? Andrew Loveless, Justin, can you hear us? It's still muted. No, okay. Well, let, let's uh, we'll, we'll do a sound check in a minute. Let's see if he gets back on. Um, Fit Ugly, this is great. When when we have new people coming on, uh, this is um, you know Matt Silks was you know talking very highly of the passion of the business and the respect of the business, and now uh, we got this. Let's start off with a uh, Rod RD. Let's let's start with you. Uh, how do you know Matt? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I think we have a run in. Is this there we Andrew? Go. Andrew yep. Loveless, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Holy shit, it works. Pardon my language. <laughs> we are not edited for content here. It does not matter. We've had so many bombs dropped on this show. Uh, I gave a nice yeah. promo and interview to RD. Let me give it to this guy. Here's another one who sought us out after speaking with Matt Silks on our podcast. And uh, to showing the love of the business, the respect of the business, the enjoyment of the business. And uh, we want to talk to him as well. Uh, these are two great people. Uh, we've talked about RD Mosh. Let's talk about Justin, a.k.a. Andrew Loveless. Welcome to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Beautiful. Oh, we can hear both of you. We got tag team back again. Chicks. All right, I'll stop that. All right. So, <laughs> you know, I'm all about entertainment. Okay. Fit ugly. Okay. You you don't know these guys. I've given you some basic information. 
What do you want to ask these guys? You know, Matt, we've had a great conversation with Matt. So what do you want to ask these guys who were referred to us coming to our podcast for the first time? Um, listen, I'm going to just go ahead and start with my main question. Oh, we love the question. This is great. Go ahead. So I just like to know, what did it feel like when you guys took your first bump? And, and Rob, we'll start with you. Uh, taking my first bump. Oh man. I say world word of emotions is the best way to say to put it, Ooh. uh, between the pain, the, the dream moment of like, I can't believe that I'm standing in a ring that I've seen on TV that I've seen in live events. And then all of a sudden taking your first bump, you're going to have that mixed emotion. But the bigger thing was the pain. I was like, Oh, maybe. And then it's just like, nah, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Where, where you took it, were you trained to take this bump or is this something you did in the backyard or what, what was the background of the bump? Well, the first ones were in the backyard, and they were not in a ring then. They were on the on the ground with Fair Matt, enough. actually, which is uh, kind of uh, hilarious and, and whatnot. You know, we did we that stuff did together it. as kids. We've all oh, yeah. It. It's all good. <laughs> um, and then when he started training with Rob Noxious at Fort Noxious, mm. um, I was actually away in college, and I'd come back, and he would take me up to this, uh, where they had the ring at, and I ran a couple uh, training classes with them. Uh, as like I would be able to, and as I'd go back and forth to college, and man, those bumps in that ring was still like the dream and everything else. But it it was definitely a whirlwind's a difference from being on the ground to compare to that ring. Yeah. Did did you breathe out? Did you did you take it on a high back? Did you? Uh, was it a back oh. bump? Oh, the first ones were low on the tailbone area, and oh. a little, and then but also forgetting to breathe out, and then you lose everything, and you're coughing up the cigarette lung that I don't have, but it sounds like that when you first hit, when you lose all that air, but yeah, yeah. then you learn very quickly. Right. Well, that, that's how you learn. You learn by doing it, you know, not perfectly. And then you learn what not to do. And then, and then it becomes second nature. Um, Andrew, your turn. Uh, yeah. So like I started out in backyard wrestling. So like me and my brother, we just, we bought trampolines and we just beat the living crap out of each other. My first, my first official bump was in Toledo, Ohio, back in 2016, and I was scared to death. And like, I was worried because I have a history of back issues to begin oh, with. Boy. So that opened up a lot of floodgates right there You're for an me. Interesting business for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like, at the same time, I knew I knew what me and my brother set out for. So I, I knew it. I had to do it. So like when I first hit, you feel like the boards like shift underneath you and like it knocks the wind out of you a little bit. And you're just like, oh, man, like it really tests you. It's exciting. It, it, it's very thrilling, but it's terrifying at the same time. But now it's like second nature to you, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Fit ugly. Those are some great bump stories. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate I mean, that. Yeah. And they get it and they're and they're here to tell the tale, which is even better. Uh I tell you. We it's it's interesting to find out how people get into the business. And I'm glad, you know, it, with the backyard <laughs> wrestling, everybody kind of 
goes there first because either you're too young or you don't know like where to go, the right place to go, the right people to teach you. So, you know, if you have friends and you're hanging yep. out with friends, that's where it starts. And you're not out to hurt each other necessarily. I mean, you're out to make it look like you're hurting each other. So you can entertain. You don't know about schools that, when you first start out. Like right. You don't know that. We, we go to, you know, grade school, high school. We don't want to go to more, no more school. We just want to have fun. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but then you do find out. And then you said Toledo, Ohio? Is, yeah. Is, is that where you're from? No, no. I I live up around Dubois, PA. But, like, okay. I, I traveled out all the way out there. Like, I started doing homework around the Monster Factory. All right. And, and like, so, like, I started there. And then Robert Lopez offered me a spot. He's like, hey, you want to come out? Grab a polo. I need security. You want to come pay dues? I was like, yeah, man. Like, I love, I love putting rings together as, as messed up as that sounds. Uh, so like I drove all the way out there. It was like probably about four hours one way. Try just trying to avoid the tolls as much as I possibly could. Got out there super early. I, I was hanging out with Sam Beal and a bunch of those guys out there. And we put the ring together. He's like, Hey, how would you like to be able to get your first official bump on a show? I was like, oh yeah, okay, sounds good to me. So there was this six foot seven monster named Alan Graves. He they had they had me and this this bigger security guy go in and just get wrecked. It was awesome. He's and Alan, he he just tells me, he's like, Can you take a beel toss? I'm like, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, like, he just yeeted me three-fourths of the way across the rig, and, like, people thought I died. It was phenomenal. Oh, I love that story. Fit Ugly, this is great. This is how people need to get into the business. I mean, everybody's going to have a story like this, something similar to this. This is a great story. Uh, you know, uh, RD, are you from Pennsylvania as well? Or, you know, where? Do you, what, what is your entrance story? You know, what was, how did you first get on a show? Was it something like that? Or did they put you in a battle royal under a mask? What did they do? Well, actually, so I am here from PA. I'm actually maybe five, ten minutes away from, like, walking-wise from Matt Silks. Oh, fair. Like, okay. we grew up together. We've been best friends for 20-some years. Um, so we, we grew up with each other doing the backyard stuff, everything else. I went to college in Pittsburgh and coming back, we were still doing a little bit of the backyard shows. Um, he got his ring and started doing the training with Rob and everything. That's how I started a little bit there. But uh, maybe about three, about three years ago, I heard the buzz that he was getting back in the business mm -hmm. and doing everything. And funny enough is I actually called him up and I was like, Hey bud, um, <coughs> I, let me get tickets for your show. He was running the first summer fest again for HWF. And he's like, I'll give you two tickets. I need a favor from you. And that favor was, is he asked me, he's like, will you be my referee for my main event? Mm. Cause he knows that I knew how to referee. Cause I used to do the backyard stuff all the time. I enjoyed it. He's done a couple other smaller events stuff that I've always would referee for if I could. Um, and I was at training one day, you know, because at that point I was going through a bunch of stuff mentally and stuff through a divorce. And I was like, I just need to move around. I get, you know, I put on a couple of extra, like a little bit of poundage in my stomach area. I was like, let me work out a little bit to make myself get uh, limber up again. And we were there one night and he kept seeing him and his wife saw that I had knee pads on. 
I had, uh, at that point, it was Converse boots. I had those on. I'm moving around in the ring. And he's like, I guess his wife looked at him and said, hey, he's watching you every move. Like, see if he wants to do this. See what he can do. And at this point, I still remembered how to take bumps, everything else from, you know, the training days. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me and said, hey, take a bump. When's the last time you t- take one? So I took one. And at that point, it was history. Because it's like, next day, I was off to the races. I was bumping. I was ready to go, doing whatever I could, you know, breaking down those walls and barriers of, of the frustrations of learning how to take certain moves and knowing that I'm going to get hit but not actually get knocked off my rocker type deal. Mm-hmm. And my first show ended up being a referee at his summer fest here uh, about three years ago, and that was all it took. Wow. And then, and then you've been – see – I, I really enjoy that because it's like people will see things and you, both of you guys, it's like, you know, get, you know, come up here, do me a favor, be a referee, you know, be, be, be proactive, go out there to help set up the rings. You know, if somebody asks you or don't ask you, I mean, this is how people need to learn, you know, you can go to wrestling school and learn the moves and learn the bumps and all this other stuff, uh, learn ring psychology, but I don't know if it can be learned respect for the business and, paying your dues to get into the business because not everybody has a story like you guys. Um, you know, some of the stories, you know, it's like, Oh, well, I knew the right person at the right time and they got me on and it's like, no, nah, that ain't it. You know, there's gotta be some history there. There's gotta be some rhyme or reason to it. And I think you Crazy guys hate dues should never end. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ever stop paying dues. Yeah. No, that's it, right. You never said I like, I would never take away from those early days. Like if anybody asked me to like rewrite my, my story, I wouldn't change a thing. Like you've got to start at the base level, putting the rings up, doing the referee job or even like anything backstage, helping set up, do whatever. As long as you're working everything. Andrew, go ahead. I I said in running sound. Running sound. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every part of the show. You know, it's nobody's above or below any of it. Um, That's my favorite part, honestly. Is it? Yeah, I love running sound. I I got an engineering degree because I DJ and music produce as well. Ah. Oh, nice, nice. It's a nice hat to have. Yes, sir. I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask another question. You know, one of the things I feel like I mostly listen to Steve Austin. Austin always says when you, uh, you know, most characters or great characters are, you know, just a person dialed up to uh, 10. I'm opening the floor for this. Like, tell me how you guys like actually develop your your character, like when getting into business. Like, what was that process like? Andrew, we'll start with you. Uh, what well, first? At first, traditionally, they had me under a mask. I'd say. So, I was this quiet kid still trying to find myself. But, like, I've always been, like, really uncensored mouth, really cocky. And so after I broke my back, I ended up revamping everything about me. Because... Because the the facial mannerisms and stuff were being suppressed under the mask and that. Mm-hmm. And so what I wanted to do was I came up with the last name of Loveless based on f- 
failed relationships that I was going through at the time. Oh. So I was like, okay, like this is kind of a secret inside thing to my personal life, but without me like fully airing it out. Okay. And that's fair. That's an extension of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to control that emotionally and, and have that carry over to uh, the character you were trying to portray? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Are you still doing that to this day? Is that still part of your, your, your persona? Yes, sir. Okay. Gotcha. And is, is you feel like it's just continuing to develop from there and you're just adding on and, and, yeah. and kind of migrating with the times. Yeah. Okay. Like there, th there was a moment like two years ago where like, I was still, I was just coming back in trying to relearn things, get the ring rust off of me and all this stuff. And that's how I met uh, Matt Silks and the rest of the camp. And so they, they, they've helped me so much. And like, at first I was real quiet, you know, new environment, new people. Mm -hmm. But as I find myself along the way, like I'm, I'm becoming more obnoxious, more, more normal. <laughs> Fair enough. Rod, how about you? I see the, you got the, you got the whole Mohawk thing going there. You got, you know, your tattoo artist from what I understand as well. Uh, and you've got a lot, you've gone through divorces and you got kids and all this other. So how does that deal into, uh, RD Mosh or, you know, how does that deal into you? Well, the Mohawk is honestly has been part of me for years, uh, since 2009, actually in my freshman year of college, I, I wanted to, to come out of my shell and be that. So I actually started the Mohawk, but, uh, being wrestler, and starting the wrestling stuff, I was like, well, I got to use it. You know, everybody knows me for it at this point. It, it's just my trademark. You know, when you walk around town, everybody's like, oh, the guy, the, the, guy, the tattoo artist with the mohawk. And I'm like, oh, Rodney, you know, he, he's that guy. So I was like, I got to use that. And the RD is actually just my initial. So I started just plugging a lot of myself into my character and just being that and being the, you know, the traditional punk guy and, and you know, turning myself up you know, being just more loud and doing all that stuff. Um, but as the time, like in my early first year, I started to do, because I had to be, a heel, you know, I was a heel for a little bit. I had to use a different motive. I was like, okay, how can I be use myself as a heel? So I found stuff about myself that I didn't like. You know, I hated the hypocrites in life, how people always hide behind a mask. And I used that a lot. So that was like my first heel run was you know shed shed you know i'm going to shed the light on the world and try to rid people of them being hypocrites and all this stuff but when, when me and matt are tag teaming now as the sons of Mephodon, we are legitly just us 100 turned up you know we're just we goof off with each other pick on uh you know do the friendly jabs at each other when we can poke that bear you know the look it's like a gang type, you know, biker gang, but it's just, it's a brotherhood. And we are 100% just us be, being us even louder. I like that. See, and, and, and Fit Ugly, this is where, you know, we talk about character development and, you know, a lot of that coming from the, just their personalities. That's where the best ones, like you even said from the Steve Austin podcast, that's where the best ones come from. The, the real stuff, yep. you know? And when we see, you know, even on mainstream television, when we see 
you know, some of the characters come through and the, some of the stuff that gets over, it, it's just that those people turned up to 11 or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's great when that happens. Sometimes it's a challenge. You know, sometimes you got to reinvent. Things happen. But that's great, man. I love to hear it. So, Phil Ugly, let's, let's get into um, what moves these guys, like how these guys started watching, like who they came up watching, like what, uh, what brands, what wrestlers. I know we like to ask these questions. Yeah, guys. So, yeah, I, and I was actually going to ask this because I was curious about it. But, yeah, so what era were you guys watching? I mean, for me, I grew up in the Attitude Era. Like, what, what are you guys ruthless aggression, more to modern stuff? Like, what, where'd you come in at? Good, RD. Well, I say I was a late Attitude Era because I, of being born in the 90s, you know, I didn't get into it until, uh, you know, towards the nine, 10 years old. So I mm-hmm. came in at the tail end of the Attitude Era really heavily picked it up in the you know ruthless aggression era and more and then the modern era and what we have the pg era and all that stuff now um but i was always a wwe guy uh didn't fall fall much with the wcw then really liked uh ecw when i was able to when i found that it was also towards the very end of ecw i i you know flipping through the television on friday night and catching that um, and also really enjoyed early TNA when mm. they had the six sides ring and they were in the impact zone in, uh, down in Orlando and all that stuff. That's, that's where my core started really heavily was around there. I like it. Andrew. I grew up around the golden era. Uh, my brother actually exposed me to Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect 1992. Hell yeah. Nice. Like, he came home from a sleepover at one of his best friend's house. He's like, oh, man, you need to check out pro wrestling. So we watched that. And then uh, I remember us going to the the old VHS rental places. And the very next match I remember doing homework on was Vader Cactus Jack and WCW Halloween Havoc. And then after after that, it opened up. Pandora's box like I've been studying stuff like Harley Race Ric Flair like I can go back into the 1920s all the way up to modern era that's 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 called studying tape right there literally studying tape oh uh, yeah that's what we grew up with those VHS tape trading uh holy crap and then when you got into it uh RD it's kind of more when a little bit more when the internet started but uh it's still that era, you know, those eras of wrestling makes me think about now when we're all talking kind of now and then the, the younger ones, you know, younger than us that are growing up with pro wrestling, they've got so much content. They've got so many ways to watch so many ways to share. And then when they're having podcasts 20 years from now or whatever the hell they're doing 20 years from now, they're going to be talking about this era because I think post COVID I think the the world has opened up and everybody got, you know, so creative during that downtime that they didn't even see it as downtime. They just saw it as creative time. And now everybody yep. like independents are going strong. Uh, mainstream is going strong. What do you think about that? Uh, Art, Rod, I'll start with you. RD, do you believe that this is the next golden era of professional wrestling? Oh, by far. Um, I say even as a kid watching it, you know, what we watched then, you know, we didn't, we didn't see much then after like the ruthless aggression era. It kind of we hit the PG era and it kind of down. Yeah, uh, took the downward slope. 
Right. And you also didn't hear much of like as many indie shows, uh, you know, true. being advertised around That's and everything else. True, yeah. And now all of a sudden, we're you know as being part of the business, you're you hear more than anything nowadays. You know, just from here to Pittsburgh, you hit four or five. So I yep. definitely will agree with you in saying that this is the next big golden era of, of professional wrestling. And for you guys to be in part a part of it with so many opportunities and so many places to go and so many people to reach out to in so many different ways, it's it's just it's great. I mean, I'm sure you know uh, going up and down the roads was a little bit harder before. You know, finding payphones and sleeping in hotels and, and and trying to figure out where to work and where to go and what to do. Uh, you know, now I, I mean, Andrew, would you would you agree? I know you talked about the golden era a minute ago. Is this the next? Oh era? yeah, is this it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember like when I first started uh, putting rings together, I was like 12 years old paying my dues at APWF and Punxsutawney. And like shows were super rare. You, you'd find one maybe every six months out my way if you're lucky. But now it's like the convenience factor of digital media and how how much – you can promote through that and YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. Like you can find a show almost every single weekend mm -hmm. and it's phenomenal. Like I remember back when I was young, I was like, man, I just want to be able to go and study psychology and how these people build matches and stuff. And I would have to sit there with like a notebook and just wait every six months just to get like maybe one or two little jots down on my notebook. Man, fit ugly. This is this is what I like to hear. We've got different people coming from different eras, and the the wrestling business is stronger than it's ever been. How do you feel about that, fit ugly? Is this the next golden era? Are we still in it? Yeah, I, th I think we're definitely still in it. I think it started, I, I feel like it started picking up, especially last year. I think overall, there's just more public interest in wrestling. I think, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of alternative, you know, to watching wrestling. I think the indie scene is strong. So we're definitely in the modern golden age in wrestling. And, you know, wrestling always has its ebbs and flows. I think that, you know, 10 years from now, it might be on a downward turn and they'll look back to this era and talk about, you know, how popular wrestling had become again. Right. I hope we don't get to that downward turn, but I know things works in uh, mysterious ways, roller coaster ebbs and flows. But you guys are on the upswing right now, and that's great. Um, I want to get you guys to promote yourselves, but uh, we we love to ask the Mount Rushmore questions, so let's uh, let's get that going, and then we'll take it home here. Um, RD, I'm gonna start with you. Just men, women, tag teams, whatever you want. The Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Give me four names or teams or whatever doesn't have to be anything specific just a four mount rushmore go ahead oh man say if we're gonna do mount rushmore of everything it's it's tricky but uh i'll do my best here go ahead i say i'll give you i'll give one from each category so that's great singles performer uh you know depending on is they will go tag team we'll say my favorite tag team on the mount rushmore that i put up there is you know geez i'm gonna go with uh I uh, say the Dudleys. Say so you could interchange those. You know, from my era of watching the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge sure. Christian. Yeah. Uh, so any one of those three in that era, you know, I'll throw in there. Um, singles competitor, 
if you didn't have a lot of the other guys, you didn't push certain guys, but I'm definitely going to go um, Taker, of course. You know, being on there, he was a very well-diverse guy, old-school guy. I'm going to put Dusty up on the on the up there. You know, he helped a lot of the newer guys, you know, after stepping out of the ring. Um, and I'm going to actually going to put Roddy Piper on my route Rushmore this time because uh, yeah. great Mike skills was not afraid of controversy. You know, he brought, you know, they brought kayfabe alive and well, True. he was not afraid to show and prove to everybody wrestling's not fake. And this is not, not a business for everybody. That's fantastic. We got, first of all, we got a TLC match on one head of the Mount Rushmore right there, which is great. And then the rest of the route, Mount Rushmore balancing it out. That's great. I love to hear that. Um, any era, any women's men's tag team, Andrew, your turn. Uh, I got two tag teams, um, okay. brain busters and the midnight express. Oh boy. Um, and then for single guys, Ravishing Rick Rude by far is one of the best. Oh, I love to hear that. Him, and then the psychology of Jake Roberts, mm. the, work, the work ethic of Mr. Perfect. A lot of those guys. And, and and just the toughness of Harley Race. Like, Yeah. He used to tell me stories, man. Back back when I when I got to learn under that tree. Man, he was he was awesome. I miss Harley Race a lot. Man, we, we got some great Mount Rushmore's fit ugly. I think uh, those are great answers. Yeah. All right. Oh, let's man. see. <laughs> um, listen, I'm going to ha- – this has been great conversation, hopefully first of many. I want to get you guys to put yourselves over. Um, f- tell us where we can find you on social media, where we can see you working, what we can see you doing, and I'll give you each 60 seconds to do that. Uh, R.D. Mosh, go for it. I say, so I'll start out. I, my name is Artie Mosh. I'm the man with a million-dollar mohawk. Okay, you can find me at HWF. That is home, my home promotion. You can find me at PWX. We also have uh, dabbled a little bit in uh, the AOM, but is now 814. Mm-hmm. Say we also have WDWA, and we've all, I've also wrestled in Voltage. Say you can find my socials at Artie Mosh on Instagram or even my fan page on Facebook. If not, you can also find me as at Rodney Deal. You can even hit me up there on Facebook or Instagram. I have uh, personal pages there as well. Uh, and if you can more than welcome to find me there, hit me up for tattoos, you know, talk wrestling, whatever you would like. And we will certainly tag everything, uh, fan pages, shoot pages, everything like that. Mr. Loveless, go for it. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok as the be all Andrew Loveless. I've worked in HWF. AON, PWX, currently an amplified tag team champion. Uh, and, and I'm looking to branch out and get more experience. So all of my uh, indie wrestling promoting friends that are listening to this, uh, you know, look out for instant messages, DMs, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, he might be coming and just to offer to help set up your ring because he loves doing it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Put me to work in any way. Thanks. Loveless, I didn't know. I, I didn't know we were throwing that out there as well. Um, Go ahead, Mike. I don't. I don't know if you got to see it, but uh, myself and Matt TRK Silks actually just won the PWX World Tag Team Titles together uh, this past weekend. So yes, congratulations! 
if Justin and Loveless gets to throw that, at, you know, the Amplify tag team titles out there, we're going to throw ours in as well. I love it. Congratulations, champs. That's, I love to hear that. And um, what we're going to have you guys do is I'm going to have you guys log off right now, but uh, I'm going to follow up with you on uh, the Facebook Messenger. We're going to get this thing posted. We're going to tag everything. Feel free to share everything. It's a great show. It's a great podcast. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for taking time out. And uh, I want to say we're going to do this again uh, sometime in 2024. Thank you for having us. Thank you so Andrew much. Andrew Loveless, guys. absolutely. Thanks, Andrew Loveless, NRD Mosh. Fit Ugly, last words for him? We appreciate you. <laughs> hey, that was very weak. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Appreciation is great. All right, boys, I'll follow up with you on the messenger. Take care, guys. All right, thank you. Thanks, boys. Oh, man. Fit Ugly, I love hearing these stories. I love going to different parts of the country, different parts of the world. We get a lot of people on here. I felt that was genuine. I didn't think they were putting on a show. I think that yeah, was no, it was it was definitely genuine. And I mean, it's all like you said, it's always great hearing stories of you know how you know the young guys get into the business, um, you know, and because it's funny, you you start to realize that there's a pattern. You know, you you start to hear some of the guys that you grew up on saying similar things, and it's glad to you know glad to see that the wrestling business is just still going strong. Love it. And if we keep turning it over and keep training new people and new people keep getting interested, um, you know, and we can keep protecting each other and not uh, killing ourselves like Darby Allen every night. No, <laughs> no I'm just playing. Nah, it's all right. Anyway, Fit Ugly, thank you. Episode 122. This was great. Um, we're going to come back. I know the holidays are going to be a little challenging, but we'll work something in there. We'll get a November yeah. and December show in there, even That's if cool. it's just us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Let's, Let's do it because we got stuff to talk about. And I want to thank you for all you do. And I'll send you some pictures. This is great. And we're going to end this podcast like we end most of our podcasts. I would say most, if not all. Um, have a great Halloween. Great holiday season. We'll be back with you soon. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. And that means two.